What is ChatGPT? Apart from being a pretty crappy name, it is an AI-based search engine taking the world by storm. We talk about what that means for sales and marketing. Plus, Tony and I ask each other some of the most debated and frequently asked questions in the world of sales, business, and marketing. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, episode 130. My name is Tony and I'm joined by Moby Sadiq. How's it going today, Mobes? Good, Tony. It's our last episode of 2023, man. Two. Oh, it's 2022. Damn, I'm, <laughs> I've jumped the gun by a year. You can tell we don't edit this stuff. Yeah, last episode of 2022. So um, I'm excited. Last week, we did obviously the biggest trends yep. for 2023 uh, from a sales and marketing perspective. So definitely check that one out. Um, but today, we're going to do something a little bit different, right, Tony? Absolutely. So today, we're going to be talking about, you know, we've got our news buzz, but we're going to talk about some marketing and sales and business topics and big debates that happens a lot in the industry. Stuff we get asked all the time, so definitely definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, only one item on the news buzz today and a juicy one. Chat. What, yeah, what is chat GPT? So this, is, this thing has taken the world by storm. It's an AI chat bot, right? It's like a search engine and some people are saying it's actually better than Google. And for some queries, it is better than Google. Right. So it's developed by the guys from OpenAPI. These guys also developed that tool where if you, you know, write something down, like I want a, a red panda playing a piano in a desert, it will use AI and create that artwork for you. So it's Amazing. created by these guys. These guys have some you know, smart AI chops. So what they did was they trained this thing on massive amounts of data from the internet and a whole bunch of other sources. And essentially, you just kind of go, it's like a search engine. You have to sign up, it's for free. And you can ask a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. So, I mean, what can you do, Mo? Seriously, what's this about? Like, So, I want to play with this on, on today's episode. And if you guys are w- want to see the video version of what we're doing, check out redpandas.com.au forward slash EP130. Uh, but, you know, people are doing things like uh, explain quantum physics and explain Pokemon mm. and how they relate to each other. Okay. <laughs> so, you can't do that with Google. Like, you can't do reasoning with Google. You know what I mean? So this will actually take complex topics, right? You could say, explain to me quantum physics using Teletubby analogies or explaining using pizza, right? Whatever it is, right? And it will actually, you know, find the the similarities between those, use AI and give you context and give you an answer. Okay. Can can you show me an example? Because like I'm getting a little bit confused. Yeah. So, okay. So let's play with this, right? So I'm sharing my screen and uh, let's, what, what should we type up? I think we were playing with this before. Write a love song for people who love jujitsu. <laughs> who love jujitsu. Just That's, FYI, Moby likes to sing and he loves jujitsu. I don't like singing and I'm not <laughs> going to sing this. Uh, in the style of Tupac. Right? Tupac fan, Moby? Tupac, yeah. Back in the 90s, famous rap guy. All right, here we go. I met you on the mat. You caught my eye with your jujitsu skills. We started sparring and I knew. That I was falling for you. Oh, so true. <laughs> so it's a bit of fun, it. right? So what it's actually done, it's it's sort of written at what it thinks what rap could be. And it's taken a topic and it's done that. But like there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can do. Like I we're playing with this before, 
like if I pulled in, I'll give me something, Tony. Give me like two, three random things. Um, let's let me think. Well, you had Jujutsu and you had two pack and you had um songs. So what else can we do? Do Pokemon again. Do marketing and do pizza. I Explain don't know. Explain to me the concept of marketing using pizza and Pokemon. So this thing does, obviously we're, we're having a bit of fun, right? And we're going to talk about what it actually means for businesses because it has some huge implication for businesses mm. and from a you know sales and marketing point of view. But we're having some fun, right? And we're testing its limits. So here it's talking about marketing is the process of creating and promoting products or services to potential customers. Uh, then it's saying, okay, cool. Imagine a pizza shop that wants to sell more pizzas. The shop owner, who is a huge Pokemon fan, decides to create a Pokemon-themed pizza. The pizza has topics shaped like Pikachu, Squirtle, Charmander, etc. Et so then it's talking about, yeah. So it's interesting, right? Now it does have limitations. So what what people have found, and like the, the thing about this is what's exciting people is two things. One, how many users it's generated. So within a week, it's had a million users registered. One. And secondly, who is actually interested in this? Mm. So like, you know, data scientists, you know, AI experts, uh, you know, people from sales, marketing, like, you know, big heavy hitters are really, really interested in things. So that's what sort of is capturing a lot of eyeballs right now. Is it a fad? I don't think so. There's some things that it definitely works better for. Like, so for example, you know, you might say, uh, give me a, a, a HTML script for... You know, and you might take a you might take a page right from I don't know like Apple.com and say, mm. give me the the script for this, or you know, here's some code, fix it for me, and it will literally find the errors in the code. Wow! You could code a brand new website not knowing code, and people have actually done that. People have coded sites without code and without using you know shitty plugins. Yeah, and got this thing to generate the code. Wow! You know what I mean? Very you could, smart stuff. You could generate like a blockchain. You could do very very technical things now. It does have some limitations and one of the biggest limitations is that the data set is up to September 2021. Right. So that's when they obviously took all their research and put it into this thing. It's taken them almost a year to get to this point. So they put a lot of work in this. But if you ask like who won Melbourne Cup, it's not going to give you this year or, oh, okay. or who won the grand final, you know, for whatever. It won't give you that for this year, you know. It might even not even give you that from from. It's not designed to be like a Google. It's designed to solve complex problems, but also it. The other thing too, it's it has memory, Tony. Wow. So if you engage with this, because you have to register for free, it will take into your search queries into account and say, okay, these are the type of questions that you know Tony likes. This is the type of stuff that resonates with him, and I'm going to serve him more answers like this. Mm. It's really fascinating stuff. So um, looking at it, it looks like it writes pretty good content, and I don't like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And some of the design stuff looks really good. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are asking, will this replace like content writers, content you know, article, you know, you know, bloggers or even designers? You know, do you reckon we're going to be close to that? It's a really good question, Tony. And I think honestly, even if you asked me like a month ago, I probably would have said no. I think the answer is yes. I think it's yes. But I don't think that is coming around the corner. I don't think AI is going to replace writers and graphic designers for a long time. Mm. Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Who knows, right? Like... Who knows? But I don't think so because, you know, the nuances. So, for example, from a content point of view, if you think about something like what we espouse, right? We espouse, they ask you answer. We espouse the idea of hiring a content writer full-time and writing articles. 
the thing is, if you understand how to write those articles, it's going to be pretty hard for AI mm. because you have to ask sales reps to identify this, uh, you know, the, our sales reps. What's actually, what are they being asked? What are the problems they're being asked? There's a certain structure to write those. Now, could AI replicate some of that structure and those nuances? Absolutely. You can already use AI to write very basic topics, right? What are the top 10 raincoats to buy for 2022? Mm. Or if you have like a dog, uh, you know, a dog clothing company, you know, you could do like, you know, the best biscuits for dogs, you know, whatever, right? So very simple stuff it can. So for me to say that it won't replace writing is stupid because mm. it's already replacing simple writing mm. you know what i mean so i think it's definitely going to come and happen fantastic okay and that wraps it up for our news buzz uh, section moving on to featured buzz chit chat with moby and tony <laughs> so yeah so what do we so the, we've got a bunch of questions that these are questions that we get asked all the time there some of these questions are highly debated uh, who's going first? Time? Do you want to ask me or am I okay. asking you? I'll ask you a few questions that's been sent through um, you know, for us to answer or talk about. What is the single most impactful habit you've de developed in 2022 and why or what sort of impact has it had? So for me, this one that I actually developed, in, I'm kind of cheating in 2021, but you know, for, in terms of late 2021, the biggest impact is following the Grant uh, Cardone goal methodology. So what he does, and I've, I think I've spoken on this on previous episodes, I write my five goals in a way that I've already achieved them. Mm. So for example, I write, I'm running a $30 million business. Fantastic. I write that I'm in the best shape of my life, that I am a present and a loving husband and father, that I, I am becoming the best possible Muslim. And I say that as a journey. I don't say that as I've already achieved it. You're trying to be a little bit humble here. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I am a consummate professional because that yeah. for me is very, very important. It keeps me balanced. I write that down every single day, Tony, at least every single working day. Fantastic. Then I write a quote of the day. So, for example, you know, discipline is the bridge between dreams and reality, you know, whatever, right? Every day it's different. And then I write down what a successful day, if I, so I'm doing the start of the day, right? What a successful day looks like if I achieve these things. These are my targets. And then what I make sure that I do at least three, like sometimes you have like seven things. I'll highlight three of those, three to five of those that I need to get these done. Mm. Now, the interesting thing, this is something that I did myself. So for me, for growing the, as a CEO, for me, growing the business is really, really important. It, it takes the most part of my energy, right? So I make sure when I first started doing this, Tony, I'd have all these to-dos that weren't related to my big goals. Mm. And that's a red flag. Interesting. So what yeah. I started doing was I started writing dollar signs. You could write, you know, that sounds a bit cheesy or a star next to the ones that are related to my goal. And lo and behold, since I've been doing that, there's more stars or dollar signs that are linked to my goals now. Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is like you see it, right? This is not some bullshit, you know, what do they call it? Um, you believe it and it happens, right? Positive uh What's that? Positive attraction? Yeah, law of attraction. Yeah, law of attraction. Yeah, this is not that bullshit. This is like sort of putting things in your periphery and actually like noticing that whether they're happening happening or not. And then finally I write, this is what I've succeeded, you know, because reminding ourselves we've achieved things in the day. I went to jiu-jitsu today or I did this, I did this, I did this. And that's what I do. So that for me, honestly, Tony, like what I've, what the business has achieved, the personal goals I've achieved, the, the f person I become as a family, as a family guy, you know, there's nothing that's come close Fantastic. to that habit. What about yourself, Tony? Like, what, what do you think what's one one habit that's made the biggest impact for you this year? Well, it's funny because I've got similar uh, 
you know habits to you and start in 2021 like you say just the um the goal setting of write it down exactly what you just said hey just 100 and but i also added um and you probably do too gratitude you know what i'm grateful for and just man i see it work hey it just comes into fruition um there, sorry i'm just dry throat but um I write that like becoming successful at this, becoming, su- and it just happens. Like, I'm seriously like, no BS, your it works. Attention is going there. So, mm. where the attention goes, where your focus goes, the energy flows. So, yeah, that resonates with me. 100%. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So, having said that, Tony, so my next question for you is what habits do you want to develop in 2023? And how will you go about developing these? Funny thing, because I see the notes and this is what I want to do too. I want to try to wake up at five in the morning. <laughs> you just stole my one. <laughs> no, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So like actually, because I feel like um, I get more out of the day because, you know, I've always been like a more of a night owl, um, owl and I, f- I feel like I'll get more done if I wake up in the morning and I just feel different when I do do that. So I've got to change my habits, you know, maybe sleeping early and waking up um, early. So that's something I want to achieve. I think it's about stacking the odds in your favor. Mm. Now, is it the only thing? Are there people who've achieved success who don't wake up at five o'clock? Maybe they work until two in the morning. hundred percent there is, but it's like stacking the odds in your favor. Like if you're going to go out in the rain and it's cold and you want to uh, try to not get sick. Well, if you take an umbrella or a raincoat or stay warm, that's going to stack the odds in your favor. Mm. Could you still not get sick if you run out naked? Of course, mm. but we're talking about stacking the odds in your favor. So for me, a hundred percent, like they say, and I've, the, the book that I've been reading, or I finished the book 5am club and he talks about, you know, the book talks about the fact that there's something about the morning. So when you wake up, when you're in the quietness of the world, where nothing's actually happening, you actually reduce cortisol levels. Wow. You know, okay. the, the hormone that induces stress. stress and anxiety and also puts on weight as well. You're able to, to have clarity of thinking. You're more creative. You get a lot more done, right? So then when the world wakes up at nine o'clock, you're already two, three steps ahead. And that is powerful. Yeah. So that that that's why I want to do that. Have you been you've been doing it lately, haven't you, man? It's like waking up at 5 a.m. Yeah. So, so that's why I recommend this book too. So Tony, if you want to do it, definitely mm. recommend the book because it talks about there's like a 66-day cycle. And I can't remember what the cycles are called, but it says like the first 22 days are tough. Mm. They call it like the destruction period. And then there's like a period where you kind of get used to it. And then it, it says it's only until the last 22 days where you actually start enjoying it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been trying and also what the book has taught me is in the past, I've tried these things and not done them. And then honestly, it felt like a failure. I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I can't do this. I've tried them. So it's mm. like, I guess like people who try to give up smoking, yeah, right? Yeah. And they feel like failures, right? But the book kind of tells you, you need that period. So what I've been doing, I've been waking about 5.15 on mm. weekdays anyway. And I've been waking up most days. Even days where I'll go back to sleep, I'll still wake up. I'll wake up, I'll do some prayer or meditation or yeah, something. Okay, nice. And then like if I'm really, I'll still go back to sleep. And what I try to do is just have more days where I'm not going back to sleep. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. I like that. Because you're taking it one step at a time yeah. and you're getting there. Yeah. And the book teaches that. So, I definitely recommend that. Okay. My next question is, I like this one because I'm actually, um, I'm, I know a lot of people are interested in this. And, you know, just this Moby started this podcast. Is it too late to start a podcast in 2023? So we started podcasting in 2016, initially the first uh, version of this podcast. I didn't have your lovely presence, so it was a lot harder. But um, I'd say no because there's a couple of things. When you think about how many blogs there are, right, there's millions of blogs. When you think about how many YouTube channels there are, right, there's hundreds and thousands, right, in any particular niche, well, some niches, right, there's a lot. Now, podcasts, okay, 
they, there might be a couple of hundred now. Do you know what I mean? But that's still not as fragmented. Like that's still not as you know crazy as blogging and video. You know what I mean? So there's still a lot of, I guess, arbitrage or opportunity in that space. Here's the other thing too. It's not about just doing it. It's about getting good at it. Mm. So, you know, like, you know, I'm relatively, you know, decent at communicating now. I public speak. I get paid to speak now as well. Uh, a lot of the skills that I've learned, the communication skills, I've learned from podcasting because it carries over. Fantastic. So the way I would say if you're thinking about it, right, you've got to look at it this way. Like these skills are transferable. You know, being good at podcasting is not about being good at podcasting. It's about being a good communicator. Mm. And that will translate in every area of your life. Love that. So it, it definitely takes time. So the thing is, I heard a stat, it's probably old now, but most podcasters, new podcasts, they give up after 12 episodes. The thing is, they're not going to get good until 20, episode 20, 30 anyway. Mm. So they give up a lot earlier than they need to. Mm. So sticking out, if you're passionate about it, it's still a great medium. We love it, particularly in our industry in, in the B2B space. And I would say even the B2C space, because like I always say, do not create a piece of content if you don't, like I'm lazy with our content. I'm not going to create something unless I can cut it up in four, five, six different spots. Mm. So we have the podcast, it turns into snippets, turns into TikToks, turns into LinkedIn posts, Instagram posts, emails. We create standalone videos. We talk about it on subsequent podcasts. There's like seven, eight things there. And we've got a podcast you and I did how we create, I think, 60 pieces of content or whatever, mm. you know, from one podcast episode, yeah, which we'll yeah. link in the show notes. So absolutely not. I don't think so. But what your, what your thoughts on that? What do you think? I love it when I first started, you said to me, um, Tony, we're not trying to be like the Joe Rogan and stuff. You know, we've we got a strategy and we have like a purpose with our content and our podcast. And I think that made sense to me because like a lot of people might be starting off and they'll be like, oh, we only got like 100 views or like, oh, you know, we're trying to get somewhere. But I love it how you said, no, we got to focus on a strategy with our podcast rights to produce content. So I think, is that like something like people should think about moves? Like it's not just like, trying to get 100 million views or like Joe Rogan writes. There's more to it. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you may raise a good point that I didn't and that is like what's the strategy behind it? Is the audience going to be there? Um, I don't think, you know, you can't say podcasting is for every single medium and industry out there but uh, like I know people who, a guy I'm thinking of, he started a podcast in the finance industry solely just to bump shoulders with rich people and drink whiskey and smoke cigars. Like he didn't even give a shit about the content. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm not saying go ahead and do that, yeah. right? But uh, like, what's your strategy? His strategy works for him. Fine, great. You know what I mean? Like, but what's your strategy? You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, what are you actually trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? And how do you break that down in a way your persona gives a shit? And I think the key thing is actually, if you don't know, ask them. If you can't ask them, try to invite them on the show. Like there's, there's ways to get around it. Mm. Okay, let's have a look. Sorry. Um, how do you build the discipline to be a content creator? Good question. So I, when I go back to the podcast, I had to put this in my head that because the fear of failure stops a lot of people. So you got to come up with a tactic or a tool to beat that. So I put into my head that I don't care. I know it's extreme, but I don't care if no one listens to this. And initially it was just audio. I didn't care if no one listened to this. I'm doing this for myself, for my own education. Because coming onto this show, Tony, you and I have to research. Mm. We have to see what's going on. We have to research, you know, chat GPT, the you know, yeah. worst named <laughs> software yeah. on earth, yeah. right? We have to research that. We have to figure it out because we're going to talk to you folks about it, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm just doing this for myself. I'm using this as a learning opportunity for a growing opportunity. And... um. 
yeah, just to develop my communication skills. So the thing is, there's another part of that too. I didn't think about this at the time, but something I'm passionate in. Mm. So when I met, you know, when I was on that LinkedIn um, influencer shoot with actual influencers, yeah. right? Like people who have like 5 million followers who do it for a living. That's wow. their job. One of the girls there, I, I said to her, hey, well done. You know what? You, you have like four or 5 million followers. Like, well done. Congratulations. And you do it for a living. That's so awesome. And she's like, yeah, but Moby, for the first two years no one watched me yeah like she dances right she goes no one watched me and dancing like how like concentrated is that niche like how how overdone is that niche so true. so you got to be passionate you know what i mean so you got to be passionate and i think you got to follow it for your own selfish reasons to learn and develop yourself because otherwise you're not going to have the gumption to stick it through the year or 18 months that it takes to be good I love that. Exactly what I would say too. Like you need that goal that you're trying to achieve something, you're trying to become something and work towards it. One step, one bite at a time, you know. I'm going to uh, swap this uh, question around, but the question I have for you, Tony, is um, where, what are we up to? What are we up to? Number five. Number five. Okay, okay. Oh, so I'll go to six. So how do I tell the difference between an agency that will get me an ROI and one that won't? Yeah, we get asked this of, you know, a lot, you know, like what's a good agency, what's not. I think that's the question. I think one good um, thing that you got to look at is are they practicing what they preach? You know, are they doing what they do? At Red Pandas, we test a lot, you know, of stuff like paid ads. You know, I'm testing a lot with my own budget and no one can ever hold that against me because it's true. We do it at Red Pandas, you know what I mean? So we test a lot and we all see what works and what doesn't work. And if any you know, client comes up to us, I'll be like, I've got the data to prove what works and what doesn't work, you know? And it comes to SEO and stuff. Um, you know, there's heaps of- yeah, um, we're talking about this, right? There was a client of ours who left an agency, an SEO agency, that had a one-page website and they didn't rank for nothing, <laughs> right? And and the thing was like a yeah, one-page uh, yeah, website that you know, the client was asking us about, right? Moby asking for your professional opinion, like what do you think of this company? And you were like, the the proof is always in the pudding, right? You all say that. <laughs> I tried to keep it really simple because I, you know, I wanted to like, it's not tagged properly or whatever. I'm like, guys, just look at what they're ranking for. So we do some SEO for our clients, but we're focused on lead gen and sales, but we still rank for the stuff we're trying to be good at. Best HubSpot agency, Sydney. Just Google that right now if you're listening. We should come up in the top three. Um, they ask you answer stuff. You know what I mean? If you're hiring a social media agency, do they have a following? Mm. If you're hiring a PR agency, have they done PR for themselves? Yeah. You know, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Anything else you think? Anything else like you need to look out for for an agency that will give you an ROI versus another? Like, I mean, give, yeah. give, give them a test. You know, it might be a probation, a month or two months. See how they like but like, like I say, you know, proof is in the pudding. You know, like Moby and us, we always teach about, um, talk about, sorry, uh, content, producing content. You know, Red Panthers, we hired a content writer and I see Moby, you make you make the team and stuff, write lots of content, produce good content. I see that. That's evidence. You know I mean? Things are getting produced and stuff. So, you know, you got to see that sort of stuff. If we ask clients to write three articles per week because that's the best SEO and sales and marketing tactic in one they could do and we don't do it who's going to believe us exactly yeah i love that okay um the next question i want to ask is <laughs> this is a funny one i don't know how this made it in i thought we <laughs> cut this in. Yeah. why is working with your wife the best decision you've ever made so this is interesting so people are quite surprised right so people who know me especially my friends right who know me and my wife sophie who's our cfo we're very different she's water i'm fire you know she's calm she's 
She's like the spiritual hippie of Red Pandas, you know, takes care of everyone, makes sure, it. you know. Sophie, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, you know, people always love her more than they love me. And I'm kind of like, I can be a lot, you know what I mean? So they're like, how do you, like, usually, well, always it's questions to her. How do you work with this guy? And you live with him as well, right? I would kill my husband or whatever. The thing is, I, I did a LinkedIn post on this recently. The thing is, you have to re respect each other as professionals. Mm. So I think, Tony, you could you would agree to this. There has never been once where we've had domestic at work, ever. 100%. But we're a normal couple. We fight all the time at home, yeah. all the goddamn time, but never once. Because I worked for a family business once, and the guy would tell off his wife, and he was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, like people don't come to work to see your domestics. If anything, they go to work so they can get away from their domestics. So Maybe true. they had a fight last night. And, oh, I can go to work. I don't have to worry about that today, right? They don't, you don't want the worst case of both scenarios, yeah. right? So the, I think really the key is just treating each other as professionals. So sometimes with our loved ones, like, for example, you know, say you have dinner with just your loved one, right? Your wife, your husband, whatever. And, you know, you're running a bit late. You know, some well, maybe just me, maybe I'm the asshole, but... Uh, like I'll push it a little bit. Like it's not the stakes aren't that high. It's okay. She'll understand, right? It's not good. I'm not condoning it. But sometimes you know, we might do these things, right? Or if we get the wrong milk because she asked for one. Ah, uh, what's the, what's who cares? The milk is milk. Yeah. But if your mother-in-law asked, and or someone else, or you had a meeting with a client or whatever, you the stakes are higher. Mm. Sometimes our loved ones we treat them like oh they will kind of get it for granted. Yeah, of. for granted. You can't do that when you work with them. So just because she's my wife, she's she's my CFO asking me for something. Hey, Moby, I need these expenses. And I hate doing expenses, right? Mm. And she knows that. But I need to treat her just like a CFO is asking me. Okay, no problems. Um, you know, like to be honest, like for the most of the time, for the five, six years we've been working together, I don't even say bub or I don't even say like Sophia. Like even in our emails, we kind of <laughs> went really, really serious. So to wrap up the question, I'd say, look, just I think it works really well. Yeah. We're better business partners and it's actually made our marriage a lot stronger as well. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you just have to treat each other as professionals. I see you guys as yin and yang in a way. Yeah, in a way, in a way. Okay. So, the question next one is, all right, we got that one. What's your biggest takeaway in 2022, personal and professional? Um, for me personally, I think um, I spoke to Moby earlier in the year about, you know, this podcast and stuff and communications and, you know, there's always rooms, right? And there's blind spots. We, we speak about this and I think, you know, being a better communicator, I've slowly tackled that. Slowly, you know, like I'm not the best right now, but still getting there. I think it was one takeaway. Also, uh, I really dived in on my copywriting, getting better. You know, I was good, but, you know, I want to try to be the best, right? That's the standard we try to put. Uh, that was my giveaway professionally. And, and personally, because I look at it both in that way. And uh, yeah, per personally as well, joining Jiu-Jitsu, how amazing was that, right? <laughs> love that. But I got, I got destroyed and I'm injured. So, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. It's just like really helped me, especially in Korea as well. You know, you get to go focus on something else because you're doing high performance work every day that you get to go away and just relax and, you know, release it by checking someone out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, what I love about what you said is you said, you know, like I'm getting better, but I'm not the best. You know, the funny thing about that is the high performers actually say that they never think that they've arrived. So for me, that was my, I agree with what you said. On top of that, I'd say for me, I've, I've realized more so that the most successful people, they're always learners. Our business partners impact. I've learned a lot from Bob and his team. Like 
they do role plays every single week and their salespeople from a sales perspective and their coaches are some of the best on earth, mm. honestly, wow. right? And they still do it every week. Most salespeople, you ask them, when's the last time you did a role play? They can't tell you. Yeah. Right. So they, do you know what I'm trying to say? They're so good, but they're doing things like they're beginners. Yeah, right. In Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy, he talks about that your ego, once you think you've made it, your ego, even a little bit, even a teeny bit, your ego thinks you've made it and you stop becoming like a beginner. That's a recipe for disaster and the start of decline. Oh, interesting. So always try to, like the black belt, sorry, right? keep it to basics, right? Yeah, keep it, <laughs> keep it to basics. Okay. Um, next question. Three most powerful books for business owners and what they taught you. And I love this because at Red Panthers, we have a book club. Moby's always trying to buy us the team books and trying to always talking about books and reading new books. So what's your three, Mobes? Or? So it's interesting. We're talking about this before and I know Tony was struggling with this. And I think the point is as of today, right? Because I think this will change six months from now, you know, whatever. I think some of these on my list will never change. One is scaling up. So I'm, I'm approaching my answer from a business owner, CEO, uh, trying to grow a business point of view, right? That's my frame of reference. That's that's mm. me. When I say scaling up, scaling up is kind of one of those cheap books because it talks about like how you go from like a startup or a scale, even like a successful business, how they continue scaling. And it looks at things like people, profit, like things like you might even find boring, like money, you know, finances, structuring. It's fo it's focused around the 10 Rockefeller habits. Mm. And Rockefeller was obviously that old oil tycoon back in hundreds of years ago. And the habits that he developed that make businesses successful. Things like having, oh, like processes, right? Mm. Things like having a process for escalations. Things like, you know, culture thing, whatever it is, right? So for me, like that is the, any business owner who has not read a book like Scaling Up or Traction is similar you are doing yourself a disservice. There is like, it's like you have two eyes and you have one eye closed. Wow. So scaling up, definitely one. The second is this is my favorite marketing book on earth. They Ask You Answer. It's been my answer for the last seven years. Shout out to Marcus Sheridan. So for him and his company to acquire us, that was like a dream come true for us. Again, the best marketing book on earth. And I know a lot of people have bought that based Amazing. on my advice. And the second, oh, actually, no, sorry. Story Brand is my second favorite marketing book, but it doesn't make my top three because you said three, right? The third one I'd say is Pitch Anything. Okay. So Pitch Anything is a sales book, right? But it has a lot of, and you guys hear me to talk about this all the time, framing. Like when two people, when two parties come together, someone's always an alpha. And like in a sales process, it's not about be, being dominant. It's about being the authority. Mm -hmm. But we, all of us in our lives with customers, with partners, we on the street, there's always, we always fall into frames. Mm. So it talks about like, time framing prize framing like you being the prize which we've spoken yeah. about but um but i actually it's definitely for sales people but if you're interested in the framing it's really important so scaling up they ask you answer and pitch anything i think for a ceo someone running a business or trying to grow a business are vital and i've seen you change and grow like as a better ceo and you're, you're great but you know you're becoming better with these three books I pay him, but hell yeah <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> but like I've, I've seen you become oh, yeah. yeah I've seen you become better as a sales uh, person by these books and stuff like that. I've seen it like the cha yeah. transformation. So what are your three? What are your three favorite books right now? What have they What have they taught you? Um, I love how you bought me uh, this book, um, Story Brand, and it's able to simplify you know what I've been trying to read for the past year from so many different books. You know, it's about like a business and you know, your story and how to position 
you know, everything about it, scripts, movie scripts. It just made sense when you just read that book, you know, it just simplified everything. I loved it. Everyone should get one. Uh, one of my all-time favorites I read and I'll go back to it, Breakthrough Advertising. So please have a look. Is one of the OGs, you know, books that to read, you know, for pay. So it's called? Uh, Breakthrough Advertising. Yeah, okay. And another one I like that uh, I do go back and have a look at uh, once in a while, the Ad Week Copywriting Books um, Handbook. It's by this OG uh, copywriter back in the days in mail. Love it. Just everything there is so simple, but it works. You know what I mean? Like use it day in, day out. So yeah, that's my three books. I find it interesting because I've heard other people say this too, that your best books you go back to. So you find that helps you? Like when you go back to them, do you get another perspective? Or Yeah, you always, like you say, right? You go back to basics and you look at that differently and stuff like that but yeah yeah interesting okay all right so the next uh, second last question is do i need to advertise online in order to succeed um no well, it's interesting asking you yeah because you're an advertiser you're a paid media guy yeah that's true but i think you notice at red pandas when a client comes to us and they ask for paid media and it doesn't um suit their business model we don't recommend it right we never try to sell something that a business doesn't need and there's other channels out there, you know. Like, I mean, online is one of the biggest and one of the newest, you know, digital. But there's also other channels and other places people can advertise. It's very helpful, but I don't recommend it just being the only way to succeed right now. But it would help. So, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, like, it just depends on the business model. We had one client that was trying to ask me, you know, about paid media and they wanted services. And I looked at their business model and their niche and I'm like, I don't think people are searching for this product online. I think you got to go look somewhere else, you know? So, you know, we're not. Yeah, so, it does happen a lot. Like sometimes we get recruiters or even existing clients that want to hire people and mm. they say run Facebook ads. Yeah. yeah. Because they've already tried LinkedIn and they've already tried to seek and they've already paid for those, but it's not the right medium. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. And I love this one. And the lucky last, if you were starting a business today as a solopreneur, what would you do? So really interesting. So I think content has to be at the heart of it. We're talking about this before with Jay from AM Visuals who was, was asking, you know, would, or would I do Outbound, right? Um, I, think, I think you have to start with content. And I would focus on doing one thing very, very well, come hell or high water. So it's like the one thing that you do. When you're a solopreneur trying to start a business, you're supposed to do 50 things. Right, so something always falls. But the one thing you religiously do. So in 2016, whatever, we were a one-man band. Red Pandas was one person, it was me. I still, every single week, did a freaking podcast. I was going to bring it today, but I forgot to bring it actually. This little snow, it was, I think it's called um, uh, the Snow Mic by Blue. And that wasn't even my first mic. Wow. I used to, I bought a little teeny mic. I connected to my iPhone and I spoke like this for 20 minutes <laughs> and I recorded my podcast. We went to Bali, me and my wife went to Bali and I found like a spot when she went to sleep at two o'clock in the morning in this one spot that was acoustically good in this bathtub outside and I recorded the podcast. I know it sounds extreme, but you have to freaking do it, man. You, you have to. The thing is, so you do one thing. It could be a podcast, it could be a blog, it could be video. And then you take that one thing and you, you throw it into different areas, mm -hmm. right? So, and I think following the principles of they are, so I would, why they ask you answer, I'd follow those principles. I'd write three, four articles per week and I'd lean heavily on content. I'm not the only one. I've seen a lot of new softwares like there's a software called Meet Record and they're competing with Gong and Chorus. They're very, very expensive softwares. 
the Gongin chorus are thousands of dollars. Meet record is a few hundred. So they're doing all these articles right now. They're like comparing against them and everyone else. Mm. Meet record versus Gong versus chorus versus Avoma. They're doing all this stuff. So they're looking for the people already out there and they're comparing against themselves. Mm. I do that. Now, the outbound thing is interesting. We are we are kind of calling it on outbound right now. Do I think cold calling is dead? Do I think outbound is dead? No, hell no, I don't. I actually think people do it wrong and they give it a really, really bad name. They don't lead with quality and value. So that's the biggest mistake. I would still do it, but the point is I would lead with that content. So now all of a sudden, Tony, if I am trying to sell you, I don't know, say I'm trying to sell you, uh, say like we start digital marketing again and I'm trying to sell you a website, mm. right? Uh, I, I could send you a piece of content. I could say like, you know, hey, you know, Tony, I looked at your, we- I could do all, uh, like we do, can we fix it? Mm. I would do an audit, or audit of your site or I'd create a piece of content. I'd be like, you know, WordPress versus HubSpot. You know, here mm. are the best thing. And I noticed your, web, your websites on HubSpot uh, or WordPress. Here are the best factors to consider, that type of thing. So I would still do outbound. I still definitely would. I would put a time in my calendar, come hell or high water, once a week where I'm just doing outbound. Mm. And then the other days I'm creating content, I'm doing business, uh, maybe half a day I'm doing accounts, half day accounts, one day uh, uh, completely outbound, one or two days creating content and then the rest of the time delivery. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I would do. What would you do, Tony? What would you do? And like, I'm interested from your point of view because obviously you're a paid media guy. Like you're starting business from scratch today. What would you actually do? Um, it's funny because t- number one, it depends what business and where you're at, what um, your industry you're in. Because, you know, like for e-commerce or you know, stuff like that online to scale hard, there's only a few skills that you need. But it doesn't matter what brand or industry you're in. I think, number one, you got to understand who you are, what your strength is. Because, you know, in the past when I've started you know, businesses and stuff, like you say, you're trying to do so many things, but you're going to know what your strength is. You're going to try to know what to outsource, what you know, what to focus on. But, you know, I like how you said, like, in what you were saying, you need to build these habits and to be consistent. You know, you were filming, you were doing these stuff. You might not see the success now, but a year, two years later, you know, you look back and look, look at this amazing agency, right? So, you know, I've seen that, like, it's not really about, like, um, you know, what business or what, but building these habits, these skills, you know, that you want to focus on, you know, to, to keep going. But it's like, let's say like e-com or like paid ads or anything like that. I can just, I can get that rolling straight away, you know, but, you know, focusing on just these skills and these habits. I love what you said. You always have a perspective I don't think about. You said your strengths. Yeah. I love that, right? So if you and I were starting the exact same business, brand new, I might focus on like video, Mm. You might you might focus on paid, but the point is like we're just we're trying to focus on our strengths. I'm not trying to scale it with paid ads, and you know like you might not try to do exactly what I'm doing. So I love that yeah. Because I remember back in the days when I was like running ads and stuff like that. You know, I was trying to do the coding, but then I could just got like a landing page builder. It was been the same results, honestly. But for me, it was a bit of ego. No, I need to know everything, and I was just stupid, honestly, like yeah. stupid young Tony. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always stupid young me five years from now. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm five years from now, I'm going to consider myself today stupid young me. But man, guys, it uh, I know it's a longer episode. Um, thanks for tuning in. Tony, it's been a really fun year. Can't wait to come back in 2023. I know there's going to be over the break a lot of news, a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. But dude, it's been a, a hella crazy year. And thanks for doing this show with me. And I look forward to doing this again with you next year. Thank you. See you guys. 
Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.